Welcome to the great conversation where ideas matter. Ideas shape markets, they change the world. I get the opportunity today to talk to three gentlemen uh, at the cusp of what I call a breakthrough in technology and the way we think about our business processes and the way we think about uh, crossing over into the business, uh, even though they are in the security market, uh, because they're in the market of communications. We have the CEO, his uh, product management and sales team on the line. And what we're going to do is have a great conversation about the nature of intelligent communications. Uh, Derek. Hi, Derek, good morning, Derek. Derek Vandervorst, uh, it's great to have you on. Why don't you quickly introduce your team and let's get into a great conversation. Absolutely. Thank you very much, Ron. And uh, yeah, I have here with me um, uh, David Stanfield. He's out in Fresno, California, uh, our, our director of sales. And as you said, a lot of product management experience. And Michael Campbell here in, uh, in Chicago, and together with me, he's our VP of sales uh, with a ton of in industry experience as well from, uh, from the integrator side. That's fantastic. Okay, so what I would like to do is a little something different. Everyone's going to expect you to talk about your products, and uh, we're not going to do that uh, necessarily. We can do that in a follow-up meeting. What I'm interested in is the journey. Right now, I'm having conversations with chief security officers and their teams, and the question on the table I often ask is, how do we get to real time? How do we get to real time? And it opens up a, a, what I call a brainstorming session, a whiteboard session, because we're really going to look at how their people perform roles in a process using whatever technology they have today, but also what outcomes they're really trying to achieve. And I'm challenging them to think in real time as an outcome, as well as a journey. Why do you think audio is important in that recipe of solving that problem in physical security today? Well, it's, it's, it's kind of obvious if you look at our, you know, our normal lives, right? We as humans respond to audio immediately. It's, it's, you know, it's often the first sign of, a, of, of danger or, or an incident. So you, you turn your head towards a sound. And in, in security for the past you know, decades, that hasn't happened, right? Most security systems are you know, like watching a silent movie. Um, so adding the audio you know, it's basically coming closer to what we as humans do and naturally respond to danger. So I think, you know, obviously there's, there's other ways. Video analytics is, is, is a great example, but with video analytics, it's difficult to detect certain incidents. With audio, it's much easier. Uh, people getting into fights, uh, you know, raising their voices, uh, glass being broken, a gunshot being fired. But, you know, even if you look at patient observation, listening to... Uh, you know, sounds that are related to medical conditions, you know, will help nurses respond much quicker and get to that real-time um, um, point. So when, um, let, let's share our common um, learnings uh, from the people who use this technology today. Today, when they go to communicate, they're doing it over radio, right? Yeah. They're doing it over phone lines. <laughs> There, um, if they do uh, want people to react to something, they try to train them through a sound or an alarm. They try to train their culture to respond to an alarm and muster at a, a point that is safe. 
And these are all nice, but they're not solving the real-time puzzle that I just talked about. How do we how do we actually act in real time? And you just brought up something really interesting. There's devices out there that can pick up sound. Well, I know I experience them every day in my home. Hmm. There are, uh, there's software that grabs that data in bits and bytes and then applies it to an application, right? Because yep. bits and bytes are interpreted through applications. And then you just brought up another good point is I can just stick with that application, or I also can take that data and have uh, machine learning and AI start to analyze it for me, not a group of data scientists in the background, but actually analyze it for me in real time and give me more predictive response. Are there other things in the audio voice communications that uh, is part of that recipe, that mix, so that we can start going back to the urgency of a particular department like security to see where it applies. Are there other devices, software? Do I have the main categories? Well, it's, it's, it's you have the main ones. I think it's, you need the, you know, the, 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 the hardware that picks up on, you know, the signal and that can be, you know, audio or video or other, other sensors. Uh, it's the analytics, the, the machine learning, the deep learning technology that, that figures out what event is happening. Then the communication towards, uh, you know, a person, right? Whether that's on a handheld device or whether that's in a, a big control room with, with, you know, many screens, uh, getting the attention of a security pro professional or, or a healthcare professional to that location to verify what's happening is essential. And I think what will happen in the future is that and it's starting to happen already that you that you merge these 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 analytics. So you have you know we're focused on audio analytics, but there's other companies that are, are very good at, at video analytics. Now, how about you know merging that together? So you, you you increase your accuracy, you lower your false positives and your false negatives, and really get systems that may in the in the near future, I'm thinking five to ten years from now, um, can trigger automated responses. Yeah, because you certainly. You don't want to apply technology and necessarily add people to interpret it, right? No, I mean, and currently you definitely have to, um, and and you know, and and for good reasons because there may be false positives, or there may be a situation where you want to know more before you send out your your security teams or law enforcement, right? You want to know what direction the 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 incident is is moving into, how many people there are, how many victims there potentially are. Um, you know, just sending a notification to law enforcement, like, hey, there's a, there's a gunshot at this location, may not lead to the best response. Um, having much more information about that, that situation is where we currently still need humans. Do, uh, do you, any of you have or know of, a consultant who has, the ability to actually work with customers in this space to understand the entire processes they have that, that they derive their KPIs from mm -hmm. uh, and show where the missing link is in compressing their, uh, uh, their time cycles to get to their outcomes. So, and as well as their labor costs in doing so. So you bring up a good point, Derek, how much does it cost when you have false alarm after false alarm sending officers to the scene how much does that cost you? And what happens when the false positive is, becomes the norm 
and no one pays attention to the real one that comes down the line. What is that cost? What is that risk? Does is anyone doing that today from uh, from any of your perspectives? You know, I, I think the uh, garden space has probably been a little bit ahead of the curve on this one. Uh, you know, and and I think I, I think back of you know the the early start of the problem run was really around you know. Uh, these false alarms, right? False positives, as, as we've known as an industry is kind of a bane of our existence. You know, the challenge is, um, you know, audio has been used, right? Audio has been used for years for uh, verification of false, right? It was really just to determine whether is it is it true false or is it is it is there something really going on that I need to determine? You know, so we know that there's been technology deployed across our industry for many years to, to support that. You know, video has just been a recent entrant in probably the last 10 years to, to do a better job at that, right? So not only using uh, audio, but also video, but again, very sparse. It's, it's not been as pervasive as you think. Um, it's more of a, you know, I would say reactive uh, to get intelligence on what it, what's happening at this site. Uh, we, we know that more information leads to what Derek's point is really about situational awareness. It provides a tremendous amount more information. You know, so from a guard standpoint, uh, we know we've got limitations on the, num- the amount of labor we can get. Uh, you know, globally, we're, we're all struggling with this. Uh, and so more people isn't the answer. We've got to deploy technology. And so I, I, I know that there are many firms that are looking at this problem a lot, uh, especially as an industry. We know that we can't solve this problem with more bodies. So, and, uh, you know, as Derek mentioned early on, uh, attention is, is something we're all competing for. So how do I draw human attention to the problem that is really there uh, versus a false one? And, and you really have to do that with elimination of, uh, of false positives as much as you can. Um, that's not to say you're going to eliminate all false positives, but if you can draw attention to an issue, ultimately dis- get more information on what's happening and then make decisions. I think that helps first responders, security staffs, uh, as well as, uh, you know, of course, our law enforcement community to walk into a situation with a lot more information than they had. We heard a gunshot. We know that their perpetrator is moving throughout the second floor, as an example, uh, because we're hearing more and more live fire. We're giving them information real time. Now we're sharing that information in, in real time through you know, video management software platforms to provide that detail and information to you know, the 911 operators. So they're literally relaying that type of information in real time to, to law enforcement communities so that they know what they're walking into. Um, they know, you know how many shooters are there, you know, as an example, um, you know, in the worst hit case scenario in our industry, of course, but you have to kind of start with the worst case and then back into, you know, how do we solve for even to Derek's point, um, how do we solve for the, the, uh, the assault, right? Or the argument that turns to an assault in a fight? Uh, you know, how do we solve for that? How do we get attention uh, of the security teams of, you know, to intervene or even, you know, in a school district, how do we get, um, you know, law enforcement, li- you know, the, the school liaison uh, officers uh, to a problem or even school staff to a problem before it becomes an incident where some, some child gets hurt. Um, you know, and I think that's the ultimate goal as a parent, you know, that's the thing I worry about most when I send my kids off to school, you know, are they walking into a safe environment? Are they going to be protected? You know, are, are these teachers going to know how to protect my kid, um, you know, when they're at that school and there's some kind of incident? Um, and, you know, and I, I know all parents think about that, those things when, you know, when, when we hear of, a, you know, another shooting, another incident. So, um, you know, we're at a crossroads in this country where we have to be much more proactive 
um, and, and react in frankly re, and more quickly react uh, to the problem with, uh, you know, in kind uh, with proper, you know, proper response. What I love about that, that was Michael Campbell. And Michael, what I love about that is you've taken your experience in the channel uh, with system integrators who had a variety of products and services they offered, including guarding. And you've kind of painted a, a picture there of the opportunity for consultants, integrators, uh, and other manufacturers. Um, uh, but if we look at that as, uh, as, a, um, as a constraint as well, what do you think we need to do next as an industry to make audio a natural upfront, not an add-on, but a natural upfront part of the decision-making process? I think we, you know, we need to do a better job of showing examples of where audio has been used to, uh, to you know, minimize uh, staff interaction, to, to make environments more productive. So starting with the security, unfortunately, doesn't end up turning most people's, uh, you know, um, you know, budgets on, right? You have to start with productivity. You have to start with cost reduction. Um, and unfortunately, those are the wheels that turn things, right? Um, or, you know, better yet, you know, in a hospital system, we have to talk about patient experience, which leads to revenue, right? It leads to better positive experience. And, you know, again, another, uh, you know, patient experience is all about uh, making sure people come back or feel safe, feel secure, and, and want to get their care um, at, at that health system. And, and so if we can kind of hit those, you're going to hit the C-suite and get their attention with those types of, of areas. Unfortunately, you know, risk mitigation isn't something that usually gets people out of bed. It's that's just, right. Uh, it's unfortunate, but it is true. Well, if you can, uh, you can mention names if it's appropriate, but give me a couple of case studies where that you've actually seen that done, well done. Yeah, sure. Um, you know, I'm thinking... Uh, Two come up in my mind right now. So one is uh, Lee Health in, in Florida. It's a, it's, a, it's a group of hospitals. And um, they, they had a couple of issues. I mean, first of all, aggression in, in hospitals is a, is a big problem in the US. 75% um, of all workplace violence incidents in the US happen inside hospitals. So it's mostly you know, uh, visitors, patients, uh, uh, you know, family, et cetera being maybe impatient, getting stressed out and starting to behave, you know, a little bit more aggressively than they should uh, towards, towards uh, hospital staff. And um, the, 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 you know, most hospitals nowadays have very good camera systems. They have their video management systems that, that you know, they, they, they use to monitor things. But like Michael was saying before, it's, it's mostly for forensic use. You know, what happened yesterday? What, is, what are the trends that we see uh, can we, you know, see the bad guy and, and maybe find him later on? But Lee Held said, came to us and said, hey, can you detect aggression uh, in an early stage so that we can actually proactively send our security team towards the front desk or wherever the location is in the hospital that we see, you know, we, we, we detect raised voices. And um, they've been able to implement um, um, uh, the sound analytic in their hospital on the existing cameras that they already had. And be much more proactive. And what they've, what they've seen is they've been able to de-escalate situations uh, much more frequently. And actually have seen the, the, the number of instances that escalated go down. The, the side effect they had is that their internal, I mean, they do an annual or maybe even more, more but at least annual kind of internal customer satisfaction survey. So how happy is our staff with the security team? Do they feel safe? Do they feel that they're proactive? 
And they've seen, because of, of being much more proactive because of the sound analytics, their ratings have gone up way higher. Because even when there's just a raise of voice, they, they, they immediately respond to it. They immediately send a security guard to the location. And with that, nurses, before they even could press a button or call a number, there's already there. Uh, there's already a security security officer there. So that has actually helped the security director there to invest in some other technologies and really get their, you know, their their name out there internally. So I think that was a great, great example. It's so funny because when I talk to uh, CSOs and CISOs in the healthcare space, uh, who, by the way, the CISOs are starting to lead, be the lead on digital transformation, which is interesting. CISOs acting almost like a CTO for the hospital on digital transformation, which which as one uh, interview I had, Gary Gooden at Seattle Children's, uh, shout out to Gary, because he goes, you, you understand security becomes the tip of the spear in digital transformation. I thought that was a really interesting, interesting quote by him. You can see that, uh, hear that on the pod, uh, earlier podcast with Gary, if you look it up, but you just defined something interesting, Derek, and that is, is your security department involved in uh, ensuring that your business has a positive customer experience for its employees. And I know hospitals have always considered security almost like a concierge service, not just a security, right? Uh, it's a customer experience function as well as security and safety. So Derek, I think you're onto something there. Uh, uh, Dave, you're, you've been a product manager in some leading technologies in the video space early on. If you start taking this kind of input do you see as future products coming out in the audio space that will help accelerate this momentum toward in uh, using audio for increased situational awareness and actionable response? Well, that's a, thanks Ron. That's an interesting question. And um, you know, we, where we're, you know, as, as I look out in, into the future, it, it's really kind of goes back to your early question about uh, real time. So I'm not sure I can answer that piece, but really what it's going to take is, um, you know, what we're going to need is, is more adoption in the industry, I think, right? I mean, we're kind of at a, a place right now with regard to audio analytics that regular video analytics were, you know, five, 10 years ago, right? And, and it's, it's, it's really, there, there's two things that are, that are happening there. One of them is, is getting adoption and getting recognition that audio analytics can improve that real, getting to that real time uh, situation that you speak of, but also getting the folks that are concerned about the privacy issues, um, getting their questions answered that we're not really eavesdropping or spying on, on folks, right? I mean, that's kind of one of the challenges that you have when you start to talk about audio. You know, people recognize that you get more information to your point about, you know, video being kind of, uh, deaf in its its you know it, it, up until audio analytics and um, but getting to a point where the people can recognize that if we have this audio we're not necessarily invading people's uh, privacy issues. Well, what what were your learnings from shoot almost twenty years ago in the video space? Um, what were your learnings about getting over the privacy issue with video? What, what happened, what occurred there that allowed us to get over that hump? Well, it, it's, it's interesting and, and different places handled it differently. Um, in, in 
one sense, um, if you look at, say, England, where they were the early adopters of video uh, because of what was going on with Northern Ireland, right? They were the most, they're the most surveilled country even today. Um, and, but they had great concerns about privacy. And the way that they handled it was that you had to be able to take any innocent people out of the video. So you could only bring the video into a court of law that had the people who were actually involved in the incident. So people walking across the street, their faces had to be blanked. Um, you had to uh, tell uh, basically the legal entities uh, what you were going to do with the video. So we're using this video to surveil this area and things that were surveilled outside of that area became uh, areas that you couldn't use, even if you saw or witnessed some crime. They, it was, it was, so, so there were very careful concerns about that. And I think that kind of concern is where, where we can do a better job in audio to address. And we do that um, with our technology, not to make a commercial, but um, you know, we're not really concerned about what people are saying. We're concerned about how it's being said. Right. So we are, you know, it's not a privacy issue. It shouldn't be a privacy issue. And so getting people to move towards that idea that, OK, sound is ubiquitous. It's everywhere. We're using it on our phones. We're using it in our homes. Um, and so how do we use it in a in a security environment that doesn't invade people's privacy? And, and also a safety environment. Uh, uh, you are getting involved back to the customer experience, Derek. You're getting involved in other situations where it is really about care of the individual, not necessarily a perpetrator or, or a, 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 a severe incident going on. And, and uh, for example, I have a 92 year old mother in, in, uh, in, in a care facility. Uh, more and more yeah. I've seen uh, audio take its place in that area as well. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, you know, in, in, in Europe, we have, 13,000 patients that we monitor with our, with our system at night, where, because we know, for example, with elderly care, most, you know, one of the systems they use is panic buttons, right? They, they wear the little um, necklaces with, with the panic button. But guess where most incidents happen? You know, in the bathroom when they're not wearing, wearing that, that, that panic button. So if they can scream out for help and the, and the audio system picks it up and the nurse can still come, that, that's where the value is. And then there's, there's, there's other things related to, you know, all kinds of other behaviors or, or, or illnesses that, um, you know, audio can really play an important role without having to have a, 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 a patient sitter in the, the patient's room continuously. I mean, talk about intrusion of privacy, right? So um, if you just have a system that's monitoring and, and alerting remote nurses uh, uh, on certain situations, that's much more privacy friendly than having a, a person there next, next, next to your bed the whole night. So what we're seeing again, I, I, Dave, I, I like what you said about, you didn't use the term inflection point, but we really are where um, it took 10 years uh, for us to work out the core business processes and approach to make IP video acceptable in a marketplace. And then it took off like a hockey stick after that. Um, so, do you believe that we're at the beginning of that in audio? Is that what you were pretty much saying, Dave? Yeah, I think so. I think so. And, uh, you know, we, we saw that um, early adopters were one of the, the first people to start turning it off, uh, audio, uh, video analytics, and, and you know, kind of 
kind of saying it won't ever work, but we know that it, we knew always that it could work. It was just how can we make it better and how can we improve the technology? Um, I think as maybe as we go forward, I mean, what we might see is, uh, you know, audio microphones that are that are much better in their fidelity that can actually detect the difference between your voice and my voice and Derek's voice so that you add it to the access control system, perhaps. And now somebody, their face, their card, their fingerprint and their voice becomes something that can, um, you know, get get you know, to add to that ecosystem. And where market ecosystems start accelerating is when people start having a audacious goal like real time that fills a very specific monetary security safety aspect that can be quantified. And, uh, and what I'm seeing with people like you from sound intelligence, what I'm seeing is that this whole picture nuance to answer the question that I asked you, Dave, this whole picture nuance is probably the next great leap in audio, right? And it's going to come from strategic partnerships that Sound Intelligence makes with camera providers and other sensors out there in the marketplace. Uh, would you agree, Derek? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I think uh, you know another one is is maybe robotics, right? So we see robotics companies coming up, and you know there's there's a lot of things that machines can do better than humans. You know, they can stay focused for much longer than, than humans. Um, but currently these, these robots that you see out there are still kind of deaf, right? So, so how about you put, a, put a, an array of microphones in, in the, you know, the, the, the head of the, of the robot so that the robot can respond to sound and actually you know, do their, not, not just stick to their, their tour through the facility, but actually respond to a machine that's maybe defective or a glass break uh, situation or whatever, whatever other sound, um, we, we think you know, there's a lot of other applications there. Well, if you start thinking of ubiquitous audio everywhere, ubiquitous meaning I have a little thing called a cell phone. And uh, last time I checked, depending on what cell phone you bought, there's a voice assistant there who's listening, waiting and listening to me right? So you could literally, I was smiling. If we had a video call going on right now that everyone could look at, they'd see me smiling as Derek was talking because I was thinking, could you take a human sensor and put those things on his, on his, <laughs> you know, on his body as well? If you think about it, it's not too far-fetched though. Right. If you think it about happen. it, you happen, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Well, this has been a great conversation for those of you interested in the next big thing that will take your company and your, and your security risk resilience program to the next level, if you truly have a desire to compress uh, positive outcomes within your customer experience, whether you're in a hospital, a retirement home, or a commercial enterprise, um, this is the place to start. Thank you, gentlemen, for a great conversation. Thank you. Thank Ron. you, Ron. Thank you, Ron.